Hey, everybody. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, we go through the latest footage from The New Yorker regarding the Capitol tragic break-in. We go through it through a fact-first mindset, and we break it down piece by piece. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. We also talk about Joe Biden letting men who think they are women in prison together, that and so much more. If you want to get behind our program, please consider supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. It's charliekirk.com slash support. And this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect yourself from Big Brother and Big Tech. ExpressVPN.com slash Charlie. It's the VPN I use. ExpressVPN.com slash Charlie. Joe Biden's presidency is coming. New information about the Capitol attack and more. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Charlie Kirk here with Isabel Brown. We are working through it in this very important and busy news day and news week, I should say. Uh, this week, a new president will take power, uh, much to our disappointment here on this program. And President Donald Trump plans to use every single hour um, to its maximum utility. Hundreds of pardons are supposedly uh, being planned. Um, he has many other possible declassifications uh, that he plans to do, amongst many other things. And so uh, this week is, for those of us that are conservatives and Trump supporters, uh, it's not going to be our favorite week. No, it's not. But we'll we'll make it through. We're going to we'll keep fighting it. for what we yeah, believe in. Yeah, I spoke in and- um, three at... Uh, Calvary Chapel, Thousand Oaks, Godspeak, and uh, Rob McCoy's church, and then uh, John Randall's church in San Juan Capistrano, and one wonderful, lovely lady, a patriot. Um, I I went through just kind of how awful the last couple weeks have been, and one of the things I said was, you know, Joe Biden's going to be president, and this one wonderful woman stood up, and she was like, no! <laughs> I was like, yes, um, yeah, and I, I, I said, please don't become the meme when yeah. you're just screaming at the sky. Um, <laughs> please don't do that. But I, I, I share the frustration, right? I share it. And especially how we got here uh, with so many unanswered questions, so many things that have happened. And so now Joe Biden looks as if he is, uh, he's not going to wait and he's not going to wait or waste any time to try and reverse some of the progress from the executive branch that was made by President Donald Trump. Um, he is planning uh, on day one, or at least the, con- you know, the consecutive days, um, to try and unilaterally grant amnesty. Uh, he's already in negotiations and talks to try to get us back in the Iran nuclear deal. Um, he is also, um, I believe, trying to get us back in the Paris Climate Accord. Um, there's a whole list of stuff that he wants to do on day one. And Isabel, I think you have some of those stuff uh, detailed there too. He's absolutely not wasting any time, Charlie, and he's ready to sort of reverse the progress that was made from a conservative perspective in the last four years as soon as possible. You're right, day one, he is promising to put us back into the Paris Climate Agreement, saying that it's absolutely devastating that the United States is not a part of it. He will sign an order requiring masks on all federal property and for interstate travel, and he's also using part of his inaugural address on Wednesday to urge Americans to commit to 
wearing masks, not legally, but because it's the right thing to do for at least 100 days to help slow the spread of the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, and it'll be very interesting to see kind of where some of these lockdowns head. I'm going to be super curious to see that. We're starting to see kind of a preview that some of these liberal state, some liberal cities are actually going to be opening up now that Joe Biden is president. Uh, It seems as if Chicago, New York, and even parts of California are kind of signaling, oh, Joe Biden is president. Now we can start to open up restaurants and no longer be locked down. We'll see about that because there is a specific political purpose that they want to keep everything shut down and locked down, Um, mostly because the more lockdowns there are, the more that they can get towards some form of a either great reset, um, bailouts for these blue states, things of that nature. And so I do want to take a step back because, you know, speaking to so many people yesterday and talking to so many people, I know a lot of people right now are depressed. And a lot of people are in a place where they say, Charlie, where is the hope? You know, where exactly do we stand? And so let's just take inventory of how awful 2021 has been so far. (laughs) And we thought that 2020 was bad, which it was. 2020 was awful. And we thought that 2021 would somehow be, you know, better, not so fast. And so 2021, we had the Capitol tragedy. We lost the Georgia runoffs. Um, Joe Biden is officially going to become president of the United States. Uh, The NRA went bankrupt. They impeached our president. And social media is not even a thing anymore. Besides that, it's been great. Yeah, it's been a walk in the park. (laughs) And we're only at January 18th. And so the people, people, somebody asked me yesterday, they said, can it get any worse? I said, oh yeah, it can get worse. And it might. I said, but we, we as conservatives, and especially those of us that are believers, we must find this as an opportunity, a joyful opportunity to build new, to be able to create, and of course, push back against all this nonsense that Biden is going to put forward. And some people are saying, well, Charlie, we're never going to be able to win another election again. I don't believe that. I don't. You look at what happened in Florida, you look at Ohio, you look at Iowa, you look at how well we did in the House of Representatives, even in corrupt California, Mike Garcia, Young Kim, and Michelle Steele all won their races. Uh, We have a younger, more principled party than ever before. And so there are some amazing uh, success stories out of this election where it feels as if everything's bad just because we lost the top tier ticket. And I think one of the major takeaways here is going to be What are we as conservatives going to do in the next nine months when people come back? And so I have hope for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons I have hope is that the Democrats are going to miraculously screw all of this up. Not just a little bit, but they are going to mess up not just the budgets, not just the way a government is run, but in the first couple hundred days, moderate to just swing voters, independents are going to come back and they say, we want Republicans back in charge. We want conservatives back in charge. And the question will be, are we going to have the infrastructure, the candidates, the planning, the messaging, even some of the new business ventures that we have to do? We now have to go find new servers, phones, app stores. We got a lot of work to do, guys, in a couple of <laughs> years, okay? It's not just we have to win political arguments. We now have to build out kind of a political entire economic ecosystem. And on top of that, uh, we, we have to realize and recognize that the left strategy right now is to try to break our will. They want you to give up. They want you to no longer be involved. They want you to no longer be engaged. 
they want you to kind of raise the white flag and say, I'm done. You know, I, I'm cynical. I'm apathetic. Who cares? I'm not going to get engaged or get involved anymore. That would be a tragic mistake. And here's one of the really amazing points of the United States Constitution and our founding fathers and our framers did so much thinking about this is that it's very hard to revolutionize and take over a country in less than six years. You almost can't do it. You have to win public opinion and elections on the state, local, and federal level for six years consecutively before you are able to fundamentally transform the country. So you think about it. The margins of the House of Representatives are really narrow right now. The Senate is 50-50. It should be 52-48. We should have won the Georgia runoffs, but it's 50-50. And you have a blue dog Democrat, Joe Manchin, in there. But those people are going to be up in election fights with declared candidates by the summer. By the summer. And so they got like a six-month honeymoon, maybe. And then they're going to be back in campaign season. Mark Kelly, Raphael Warnock. And they're going to have to answer why they are getting rid of the Electoral College or adding states. So the question is, what do we do from now until June? The best answer is this. We have to engage our state legislatures and fix the way we do elections in this country. That's the number one issue. We, we talk to thousands and thousands of people every day via email. We, get, we, we, we have great feedback. The number one issue in the conservative base right now is the way we do elections. It has to get fixed. No more complaining. No more I hope it gets fixed the next election. We need hearings. We need examinations. We need investigations. And we need real reform. We need to do elections the way that Florida does, especially in Arizona and Georgia. And if we don't fix that, then we got real problems. Because right now, you have a Republican House, Senate, and Governor in Arizona. Same in Georgia, despite all the complaints that we've you know leveled against him. If you fix that, and we field strong, principled, grassroots, patriotic candidates coming up here in you know the next six to nine months, Democrats are going to be on defense because they're no longer going to be able to deflect. They're no longer going to be able to punt. They're going to have to own every single policy from this point forward. Um, I want to get to some uh, tape here. Let's go to cut seven of Dem- Democrat Representative Cohen on CNN saying the National Guard, um, attacking the National Guard because of how male it is and how few of them voted for Joe Biden. Let's go to cut seven. The guard is 90 some odd percent, I believe, male. Uh, only about 20 percent of white males voted for Biden. you got to figure that in the guard, which is predominantly more conservative, and I see that on my social media and we know it, they're probably not more than 25 percent of the people that are there protecting us who voted for Biden. The other 75 percent are in the class that would be uh, the, the large class of folks who might want to uh, uh, do something. And so suggesting that there is an insider threat because of the, let's say, voting composition of the National Guard. This is a new level of political examination and potential political persecution just because of political viewpoints that you might hold. We've warned about a great reset for quite some time. Senator Amy Klobuchar is no longer dancing around that. She said, we have to reset in our democracy. And that is what January 20th is all about coming up in two days from now. Let's go to cut eight. So that's how I look at it. He's the perfect man for the right job right now. And not only that, 
we need to have a reset in our democracy. And what, that's what January 20th is all about. A reset in our democracy. That sounds similar to what Barack Obama said back in 2007 or eight, right before they got elected. He said, we are just a couple days from fundamentally transforming our country. So we're getting a lot of emails, Isabel, freedom at charliekirk.com, where people are saying, Charlie, why are you, you know, covering all of this stuff? You know, don't you understand that Trump's going to serve four more years? And, you know, I'm going to reserve some of my more, um, let's say, I'm, I'm going to do a comprehensive show on this on Thursday or Friday, which is kind of talking about the fake news problem on the right. I just I want to just wait a couple days for all of these theories to be proven totally incorrect. However, I I talked about this at length yesterday, and I think it's really, really important, which is if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And if there is a story that is so outlandish that all of a sudden you have been led to believe that despite the congressional certification and the constitutional certification that Donald Trump is 100% serving four more years, then you're being misled. But I will tell you that the fake news issue where some people are pro- – I'll give you a great example. You know, We got hundreds of emails over, you know, over the last couple of weeks of how Mike Pence is you know, facing charges for treason. And this is not a small group of people that were emailing us. I thought to myself, where did this, where did this come from? And the issue with this sort of you know, news distribution and consumption is if we, do not, if we do not have shared lines of communication or facts when it comes to any, any forms of these topics, then we're not going to be able to have dialogue about anything meaningful. Then no one's going to trust anything that they write, that is written or that they consume. And that's basically where we are right now in the country. Where a lot of people say, I don't trust anything on TV. I don't trust anything anywhere. And that's, that's probably an accurate place. I mean, that's where I, that's where I am, where I am with a lot, with most news institutions. Almost everything that I read, I'm like, ah, there's an agenda behind this. However, just because you don't trust CNN doesn't make the message board true. They both can be untrue. And so we're going to go through in another podcast and another uh, live stream the process of just how to spot some of this stuff. But it's been growing at an alarming rate. Would you agree, Isabel? Absolutely. And just the sheer number of emails that we've received from this show in the last week or so, especially since last Wednesday, with disinformation, people insisting that what they heard was true and here's their source for it. Meanwhile, we have very, very credible sources from within the White House, for example, about the location of the vice president and the president of the United States. Uh, So I'm definitely alarmed at just the level of disinformation that's out there and how easy it is to be. Yeah. And I, if I was a liberal, I would be cheering and writing this stuff because I would want to confuse the ranks of the conservative movement. I would want to spread intentional misinformation and disinformation, which makes you less likely to be engaged and involved in this fight. You may not know this about me, but I love studying the global economy. I love seeking out financial wisdom. When it comes to my own portfolio, I value precious metals. Noble Gold is the firm I trust to buy gold and silver from, which can serve as a hedge of protection in your IRA. First reason, they are a U.S.-based company. Supporting American business is so important. 
Second reason, Noble Gold has impeccable online reviews. A great online reputation is a must if you're going to trust a team's financial counsel. Third reason, Noble Gold has an experienced staff who works hard to make life easy for you. Any paperwork that might pop up takes less than five minutes to complete. Maybe it's an old 401k that needs a home. Maybe you're just like me and curious about your options. If so, grab a free gold guide by visiting noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. I respect this team, and I know you will as well. Call Noble Gold right now. Tell them you heard about investing on my show. They will find the right plan for your budget. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Here's a great question uh, from Sarah from Indiana, and I'll send her a signed copy of the book because it's a great question. Uh, She says, hi, Charlie. This is Sarah from Indiana. I'm 16, and I've been hearing so many things about martial law, and Trump is going to have all the Democrats in deep state arrested. Uh, People even said they called to military personnel and people inside the White House. What is happening? Should I believe any of this? Thank you for never spreading disinformation and giving me the truth. Love the podcast. So, Sarah, none of that is happening. Um, That is what we call hopium, which is hope mixed with opium. Uh, It makes you feel good, but it is not rooted in reality. Uh, This is, again, the sharpest criticism I will level against this will be on Thursday or Friday once all of it has been definitively uh, that none of this stuff is true. But it is becoming more and more clear that a lot of these kind of pseudo websites and message boards have been written on rumor and innuendo and by intentional design to mislead the public. And it's wrong when CNN does something like that. And it's wrong when some message board does something like that. So thank you for the question, Sarah. I appreciate that. And um, we, we, we want to send you a copy of our book. So thank you for that. Okay. So let's get to this. Uh, I want to get to some tape here. So the New Yorker, uh, which is not a conservative magazine, uh, very, very liberal. They have a uh, senior war correspondent who went into the Capitol uh, during the tragic events and had some pretty incredible footage. Would you agree, Isabel? I was shocked watching some of that footage this weekend yeah. and this morning. And it's probably fair to say you guys will likely never see this in mainstream media. Yeah, there's there's a lot to take away from it. Uh, there are parts that definitely confirm a Democrat narrative. There are parts that actually push back against a Democrat narrative. And then there are some parts that are just weird. Like <laughs> That's the a good sh- word for it. The shaman is invoking... Um, spirits. He just is chanting up near the top part of the Senate chamber. Yeah. And honestly, this goes back to what we were saying last week was that there were just so many moving parts at the Capitol last Wednesday. This is not a blanket narrative that you can just throw on what happened and assume that it can fit your side's argument. There was just way too much going on and it's going to take time to unpack. So we have a couple clips from this uh, that we want to play. And look, the there are some people that are playing um, the clips on television from the New Yorker, but parts of them. And you know, I review I reviewed all twelve minutes of it. It did seem like it was edited. I'd love to see the unedited um, clips from this guy, who you know, quite honestly, he did a pretty good job of capturing all this. Uh, I don't know what his his name is. They uh, he, they said he's a senior war correspondent, so he probably has some experience of kind of going into uh, areas and kind of um, you know hiding and not being noticed. So let's before I play the clip, let me tell you the parts that definitely do confirm the Democrat narrative. Um, there's parts where there are people draped in Trump gear and they're calling for insurrection. Um, they're saying Trump brought us. 
right? There are mm-hmm. parts of the clip where people are going through Senate offices and they're saying, where's Nancy? Um, there are parts of this clip from The New Yorker where people are going through uh, se- uh, binders of things from uh, senators. Um, there are. There's also – so that definitely reinforces kind of a Democrat narrative. But then there's other parts of the video that are very interesting and – I, I, will, I don't think it reinforces any narrative. I just think it actually adds nuance where the police officers didn't seem that overly irritated that they were there. Um, there was one police officer uh, or I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's a hired security guy. Uh, my heart goes out to him in some way because he just kind of seemed overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah. Um, and he's going to get blamed. And whether he should or not is you know, not my line of you know expertise. But he just goes up to the shaman and he's like, dude, can you please leave? And he did. I mean, he actually did. Um, And it kind of was a lot less dramatic than I think some of the pictures showed it. I mean, the impression that we got when the shaman was pictured at the vice president's chair was as if he, you know, took his staff and like, you know, beat people to get there. He was just kind of walked up there. And then the shaman, once he was at the vice president's desk, he, t- he threw his phone to another guy. He said, can you take a picture of me? <laughs> well, yeah. The, <laughs> um, the police officers in this particular chamber largely did not seem afraid. Um, the people kept on saying to the police officers, there were some people that were saying F the police. Um, there was others that were saying we love you. And so there, it, it's a mix. Uh, there was footage that was showing um, people that were invited into the Capitol And there there is now footage of people that were showing that they were barging down going into it. And now some of you might be wondering, Charlie, why are you focusing so much on this? It's actually really, really important for a variety of different reasons. Number one, we just impeached a president over this. Number two, the Democrats are going to use this as a narrative building tool. Number three, the pursuit of truth is always something that is worthwhile. So don't get exhausted when you actually try to find facts, regardless of what narrative it might be. You know, that's just an important thing to do in life. And the fourth thing is that if this narrative goes um, not countered, uncountered, I guess is a word for it, then they're going to use this as an excuse to expand their security state. And we're talking about massive surveillance, infiltration, uh, sacrificing of due process rights, a new Patriot Act, if you will, mm-hmm. that could be used against conservatives if this narrative does not get challenged at all whatsoever. So let's play a couple of clips here. And it's a 12-minute video. And... I, I, I would love to walk through all of it. Again, this video is edited, so you could take you could take that for whatever you want. It is the New Yorker, uh, and but the footage looks organic and real. Okay, let's go to cut one here. Um, these are some people, I think, sitting in the vice president's chair. Play tape. No, this is our chair. I agree with you, brother, but it's not ours. It belongs to the vice president of the United States when he's in here. It's not our chair. Look, I love you guys, your brothers, but we can't be disrespectful. They can steal an election, but we can't sit in their chair. No, we're not putting up with that either. It's a PR war. Okay? You have to understand it's an I.O. war. We can't lose the I.O. war. We're better than that. Information. So in that particular clip, it's not as... Let me add some context. You had the MASH guy who just recently got arrested. He's a veteran, I think, in one of the stories that I read. The MASH guy is going around and telling people, uh, respect the place, don't go do this. Now, the MASH guy in a later clip is shown going through people's Senate binders and taking pictures and saying, we got to get information, we have to get information. 
Um, so that's just to give some context with that. And so that in particular one, the MASH guy was trying to tell people not to go up there. Okay, let's go to cut two. Uh, the Viking guy is at the vice president's chair and the officer asks, okay, this is, this is, yeah, this is one of the more telling ones. So um, this one went viral yesterday on Twitter.com and a website I don't use very often anymore. And so this, it starts with a, um, a guy right up against the marble in front of the U.S. Senate on the phone. Um, I don't know if he's on the phone. I think he might be holding his face. That's a, you know what? You might be right, Isabel. And so when we, when we play it, you know, I thought he was on the phone, but you're right. And you might be right. And so he got shot with a rubber bullet and the officer asks if he's in need of medical attention, which is the right thing to ask. And then from there, kind of a very calm conversation ensues while the shaman Viking man, um, is seated at the vice president's chair. Play tape. I'm making sure you guys don't do anything else. Now that you've done that, can I get you guys to walk out of this room, please? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I would greatly appreciate it. Hey, come on, man. Time. I feel like you're pushing the line. Hey, let's come on, man. Come on, man. This is our capital. Let's be respectful to him. So he wrote a note that actually later is shown where he said, Something along the lines of justice will be served or something like that. Yeah, it was something along those lines. And so the shaman was definitely one of the more aggressive guys that went up there. What you started to see in real time is the Capitol Hill security force police officers start to say, and we didn't actually show this tape and um, it's a lot, our team will cut it, where he said, can I please get you guys to leave? He just asks very nicely. And most they mostly agree. What you started to see though, in my personal observation and opinion, this is not legitimizing at all what they did, you know, breaking and entering into the Capitol. What you started to see, though, is as soon as the adrenaline started to fade a little bit, I think a lot of these guys started were like, well, maybe we shouldn't be here right now. Yeah. And you saw that reflected in the calm conversation that was happening between the yeah. officer and the individuals in that room. It wasn't screaming at each other, get out of the room. No. I'm telling you what to do. It was more like, hey, guys, OK, you took your picture. Let's go. Let's leave now. Correct. And so uh, that gentleman that started in the video got shot by a rubber bullet and uh, probably on the way in. And so there's other um, there's other pieces of clip that will play from this. Uh, the 12 minutes is pretty it's pretty captivating stuff. I mean, it's like right up close and personal as it is happening. And again, I want to just be very clear about when you look at the clip, um, some of these people on the clips that this guy had were acting completely and totally improperly. When you're starting to go through senators' binders and personal information, I mean, that that, that doesn't – anyone who pleads like, oh, I didn't know that was against – I mean, give me a break. I mean, come on. You're, you're going through senators' personal items, which very well could be classified information, exactly. taking pictures of them. Uh, and one of the individuals uh, in one of the clips said um, – he said something along the lines of, uh, there must be something in these binders that we can use against these guys. Like, okay, come on. Like, that's slow down. That, 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 don't, that, not much of a defense can be given against that. And then there were other guys that just seemed to be, you know, they, they went in, and I guess a short way to put it is that they were following the crowd. And that doesn't give you immunity. However, you started to see the crowd in the Senate chamber start to thin out. 
as soon as I think a lot of them realized exactly what they were doing. Uh, email us your questions, uh, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. We're going to get more clips from that uh, tape. It, I think it has 15 or 20 million views in just the last 12 hours. And most people um, in the journalist community are using that tape strictly and solely as a piece to confirm their narrative. And while that, there are parts of it that I will say definitely confirm their narrative. There are other parts that I think actually open up more questions where the police officers let them in without any obstruction, without any sort of cross-examination or questioning. And so that's something I think really needs to get built out. Now, what is the consequence of this? The consequence is uh, Jeremy Bash, cut three, uh, NBC says, quote, we're going to have to reset our entire intelligence approach to these white supremacist militia. We're going to have to look at greater surveillance of them. FBI is going to have to run confidential sources. Let's play cut three. And I think we're going to have to reset our entire uh, intelligence approach to these uh, white supremacist militias, these dangerous uh, ultra-nationalist organizations. I think we're going to have to look at a greater surveillance of them. Uh, the FBI is going to have to run confidential sources. That sort of line of thinking can be very, very problematic. OK, so let's get to um, a story here. So I want to be very clear here. There's this uh, gentleman who has been uh, posting. Uh, I don't wouldn't really call him a gentleman. His name is Mike Dunn, uh, and he's a leader of a group called the Boogaloo Boys, uh, which is an anti-government group and even shows that they are anti-Trump in some ways. Basically, I don't like all these labels. We talked about this before. It just seems like they are pro-chaos. And so this guy, Mike Dunn, posted on Twitter uh, that BB teams, which I'm guessing means Boogaloo Boy teams, have been activated in Virginia. And we currently have four firearm teams inside the Capitol and seven more outside. Sick Semper Tyrannis. I don't know what Sick Semper Tyrannis is, but you can look it up. Probably is that we are going to fight tyranny. My my Latin might be a little bit uh, rusty. What does it mean? Thus always to tyrants. So, yeah, you're on the right track. I'm on the right track. Okay. So this guy, uh, Mike Dunn, uh, said on Twitter uh, during all of this that uh, also it's to revel in the breach of security while mocking the defenses that protect tyranny, whether that be Trump or others. So obviously no love lost uh, for President Trump. Uh, following the assault on the Capitol, um, Dunn issued the following statement on Parler, claiming credit for organizing the breach. Um, the official statement is this, uh, the Boogaloo Boys, associated with the Last Sons of Liberty, uh, played an important part in the breach of the Capitol. Any moment to be used to throw a middle finger to tyranny should be capitalized on. Jeez. Yesterday, when presented with that moment, undercover boys, spelled B-O-I-S, went to work to hype up the people. Uh, working alongside of others... Um, a breach was made into the building, which is rightfully ours to walk in as we please because our taxes paid for it. The video posted is pieced from several of our boys who provided overwatch along with direction. This is a public admission of terrorism. The video does not incriminate anyone of ours and was sent to us anonymously by the last sons of the Boogaloo boys. This is our footage. Mike Dunn. Well, he signed it himself. I don't think he's been arrested yet. I don't. Um, after Ashley Babbitt, uh, an Air Force veteran, was shot and killed, um, 
Then he said, quote, we won't bend fair game now. Feds drew first blood years ago. This is straight from Mike Dunn. Um, the He's 22 years old from Virginia, and he has bragged many times uh, f- from infiltrating MAGA-type things. This is from Alicia Poe, who has written all this, done a really good job of cataloging all this together. Um, Mike Dunn on Twitter uh, also really... Um, let's say, bragged, I guess, saying that he was infiltrating the MAGA group in the midst of what happened at the Capitol. Um, following, just so you guys know, right after um, all the George Floyd you know, stuff started over the summer, um, he, he came out and spoke at, in favor of some of the BLM protests. He said, quote, me and my boys attend every protest that we can in Virginia. We've been at BLM protests, Trump protests, Black Guns Matter protests. For us to have been in D.C. should not have been surprising. And all those voices crying for revolt who want to complain now sit down six semper tyrannis. And so uh, this guy seems to be heavily involved in something and has a lot of information in regards to infiltration, direction, and certainly does not seem like someone who is an ideological Trump supporter. This guy looks at someone who is much more concerned about creating chaos than actually trying to put forward some form of, you know, an agenda that is consistent with President Trump. Now, why is that important? Well, you can't possibly label this guy a quote-unquote Trump supporter. He's, He's saying Trump is a tyrant. He's saying that anyone who is in charge must be fought against at all costs. Look, cancel culture is a very big problem. And the fact is, the internet never forgets. There's never been a more important time to protect your internet activity, which is why I urge you to get ExpressVPN. Everything you search for, watch, or click online can be tracked by big tech companies. They then match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. When I switch on ExpressVPN with my computer or phone, my IP address is masked by a secure VPN server, which makes it harder for websites to identify me. The ExpressVPN app also encrypts my network data to protect my sensitive information from being compromised. Plus, you can use ExpressVPN on up to five devices simultaneously, so multiple users on your network can stay safe with a single subscription. What I like the best is how easy it is to use. It just takes one click to protect all your devices. That's why they're rated the number one VPN by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies. Go to the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Charlie. Go to expressvpn.com slash Charlie to get three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Charlie to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Charlie right now to learn more. Isabel, we got a question that I want you to begin answering. Uh, it's from Ainsley. Yeah, we got a great question over the break from Ainsley. Thank you so much for watching. She says, hi, Charlie and Isabel. Love the show. My question is this. Why are Democrats using the terms white supremacy and white nationalism when talking about January 6th and the Capitol? I don't understand how those terms have anything to do with what happened that day. Yeah, and so the some people are are leveling that criticism uh, because they saw Confederate flags and they saw anti-Semitic imagery uh, from some of the people that were 
uh, involved in this. Uh, however, there, as we've talked about on this program, there were many different actors and forces that have been involved in this. You have the kind of pro-chaos, anti-government forces that just seem they have never found an encounter that they don't want to be involved in in some way, shape, or form. Then you had just normal Trump supporters that in their own words got caught up in something that they deeply regret and they went in. And then you had people that were professional agitators like John Sullivan that we went through in great detail. And by the way, is John Sullivan still in jail? John Sullivan is in jail at home now. So a judge has allowed him to return home provided he stays within his home and has a bunch of other parameters. But credit to the prosecutors. The prosecutors said we want him to remain in jail. Is that correct? That is correct. Almost universally, prosecutors were upset with the decision from this judge that allowed him to return home. So John Sullivan is currently not in prison, but he is awaiting his trial. And I guess he pled not guilty in his original indictment hearing. Yep. That's my guess. And so John Sullivan is not in in jail, uh, whereas many other people who participated were. We don't know what that judge was thinking, but the prosecutors are pretty upset about that. However, there are many different actors and people involved, as well as this guy that we talked about uh, by the name. Uh, this is uh, Alicia Poe, who wrote this really fact, just a really well-detailed article. It's really well done. Um, and it is this guy here, Mike Dunn, who took credit for being involved, said he had forces involved, reveled in it. And so I, I love our listeners here on The Charlie Kirk Show. And Six Semper Tyrannis is what John Wilkes Booth yelled before uh, he shot um, Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And so thank you guys for reminding me of that. And I think that there was a Seinfeld episode about that at some point, but I could be totally wrong. Obviously, not nearly as critical or important. Was there, AG? I think there was. (laughs) No, I think there was. It was the the guy that was stalking uh, Elaine. Yeah. Yeah, that, so he did say that. Okay, not nearly as important, but uh, there's a lot of good history in Seinfeld at times, though. It's <laughs> awesome television show. Uh, so this guy, Mike Dunn, at the end of all of his uh, communications, signs things saying, Sick Semper Tyrannis, um, which I think is some form. I don't know what he means by that, but I think we know what he means by that, which is that he's trying to say uh, that he wants to see people in power no longer be living, which is a pretty disgusting and reprehensible reprehensible thing. And he admits in his own social media posts that he goes to BLM protests, he goes to Trump protests, he goes to gun protests. Basically, wherever there's a crowd, these guys go into it. And he said in his own parlor post, and he called Trump a tyrant, this guy, he said in his parlor post, quote, um, Any moment to use to throw a middle finger to tyranny should be capitalized on yesterday when presented with that moment, undercover boys, B-O-I-S, went to work to hype up the people. Something that we thought, you know, might be happening, that there was agitators, there were people screaming things, there were people that were saying things that otherwise wouldn't have been thought or said, but all of a sudden other people start to react to it. And there's a wonderful book, I got to think of it, Uh, it came out in the 1960s, it was a psychological book, just... observing how people operate in crowds. Uh, It's phenomenal. And actually, Ann Coulter did a political book on this called Demonic 10 years ago. And I'll get the right citations. The names escape me. But basically, there's this really thoughtful psychological analysis that has been done that when you're in massive crowds, you actually can fall susceptible to doing things you never otherwise would have done in your own individual state. And so we'll get the right citations and stuff for that. Anyway, so he said hype up the people working alongside of others 
uh, last sons not being solely responsible for the events that took place. A breach was made into the building, which is rightfully ours to walk in as we please because our taxes paid for it. It's not the way that works. The video posted is pieced from several of our boys who provided Overwatch along with Direction. The video does not incriminate any one of ours and was sent to us anonymously by the last sons of Boogaloo Boys. This is our footage, Mike Dunn. And so Mike Dunn uh, is definitely putting himself out there. And he said that uh, we won't bend fair game now. Feds drew first blood years ago. Uh, And so he is going kind of on this continual narrative. And then he also posted on Twitter um, saying that he he said we were not real MAGA. We were infiltrators. Uh, That is what he responded to on Twitter. And so, again, you kind of had this mess, right? Of all sorts of different forces. Is that fair, Isabel? Different forces, different ideologies, different reasons for being different there. Motives. There were just so many moving pieces. And I think ultimately it's going to take a lot of time to unpack what happened last Wednesday at the U.S. Capitol. But Ainsley, to answer your question, I think it's convenient for the media and certain political actors to blanket coverage this as some form of white supremacy and white nationalism because it's scary and it's effective to get people to be terrified of what happened last week. And let me be clear. Clear, what happened last week is not okay in any way, shape, or form. We've been very clear about that for the last week and a half or so. Uh, but just to blatantly assume that all people were there to exercise some sort of motive that was driven by white supremacy or racial tension, I think, is intellectually just not all there. there there's some laziness to that argument. That's exactly right. Simply because there were so many groups present at the Capitol and, and it was, at that it's time. It's chaos, right? It was not, and then there were groups that definitely came with plans, and we went through Pink Cat Lady last week. She, she's still at large, right, Isabel? Yep. Pink Cat Woman is still at large. We're still trying to find her. Um, so I want to go to a clip here, um, which as we've added to this, I also, you know what? Let's go to, yeah, let's go to cut 13 first, okay? Let's go to cut 13. And I want to be very clear. We denounced what happened at the Capitol immediately. And yet the left was perfectly okay with this as it was happening. Remember this? Play cut 13. No, that is not the streets of Paris. Uh, that is downtown Washington, D.C. And you might have said, what was just all of that? That was um, a video of rioters, and some would call them terrorists based on the new way that we describe uh, terrorism. And I would agree with that description, by the way, when you try to use violence to achieve a um, when you try to achieve a violent when you try to achieve a political aim using violence. then I would absolutely consider that to be terrorism. And so what you have seen here is people that were walking through the streets, that were riding on bikes, that were setting things on fire, um, that and I, I that quite honestly look very similar to what we saw at the Capitol. This was just on the streets of Washington, D.C. And so this is never before seen footage before. And there were hundreds and hundreds of people that were arrested and charged at the time. In fact, Let's go through. This is BizPack review from John Doherty. Did you know that hundreds of rioters destroyed property, set fires to streets and um, cars during Trump's 2017 inauguration and all charges were dropped? All of them. All the charges were dropped. John Doherty on BizPack review says, quote, 
As the FBI continues to arrest dozens of people allegedly involved in the Capitol building riot earlier this month, ahead of Joe Biden's inauguration, it was just four years ago when similar rioting took place throughout Washington. So true. And all of those charges were dropped. Why? We'll never get a good answer to that. However, if you burn, loot, riot, and terrorize after a Republican becomes president, your charges get dropped. If you do that under the guise of anything on the quote-unquote right, they're going to throw the book at you. Uh, Somebody uh, asked us a very good question here, Michelle, and this is the type of approach we're going to take to – that's how we take the approach to everything. But this is something that I think has been really missing in all of this, uh, which is, hi, Charlie, how come no no one is talking about the Air Force veteran who was shot or what the D.C. mayor said about telling her police to stand down with the Capitol Police? I don't know as much about that. We'll look into that. But we should be asking a question of was that – Uh, a rightful means of force. And again, on this program, uh, we generally take a position of siding with law enforcement action until otherwise other evidence emerges where other people take the opposite opinion, which has been so amazing to me, though, is how Democrats uh, who spend time bashing police professionally have in this one instance refused to say that this police officer shot someone unarmed. Now, again, maybe she was posing some sort of threat or had a weapon. I'm suspicious of that. Um, maybe this was a rightful means of force. I don't know. That, that, that's what facts will show. That's what investigations will show. What I am saying, though, is that the Democrats never miss an opportunity, ever, to attack and to criticize a police officer who fires a weapon at someone that does not have an equal weapon to them in that scenario. And what we're seeing is just kind of this woman um, be forgotten. And so I really hope that a full investigation gets done here and we found exactly what's done. That's a very good question, Michelle. Thank you for emailing us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Okay, let's get to some more videos here. Some footage that I just think is very helpful to be able to find out what the heck actually happened at the Capitol. And so I want to go to cut 14 here. Uh, it's a viral video of the shaman walking into the Senate chamber. Yes, this is the full one. Okay. This footage is very helpful because this, this one in particular, uh, because the shaman Viking man walks into the Senate chamber with no resistance at all whatsoever. And the cop kind of just greets him. It's like, can you please not do this? Listen carefully. Uh, keep my mic on and I'll narrate this play tape. Hey, hey man. Glad to see you guys. You guys are patriots. Look at this guy. He's got covered in blood. God bless you. You good, sir? Do you need medical attention? I'm good, thank you. All right. I got shot in the face. Where are they? I got shot in the face with some kind of plastic bullet. Yeah, this, so this guy's on the phone. That's the police officer saying that. Okay. And so uh, the police officer says, is there any way I can get you guys to leave the Senate wing? Um, and the guy, I think, is on the phone. Is that that looks like he was on the phone. Isabel thought he might be just having his hand up to his face. But I think he was on his phone. And so then uh, he basically one of the reasons why this video went viral is that does not look as violent as an entry as we are told. Now, there are other parts where it was absolutely violent and people were smashing windows and coming through windows. But this video looks like the Viking shaman man just kind of strolls right in with the police officer following him. And the police officer basically kind of reluctantly going to persuasion saying, can you please just leave? please. And 
they ended up agreeing and they're saying that we just want to make sure no one's disrespecting the place. There's other tape here that we will get where people are going through personal items, uh, taking pictures of senator notes and binders and things of that nature um, that I think are um, – I think that's also very, very telling there. And so it's important that we, t- we paint that entire picture. Uh, actually, that's cut 12. Let's go to cut 12 here uh, where one of the Capitol rioters uh, are there saying that there must be something we can use against these quote-unquote scumbags. Play 12. There's got to be something in here we can use against these scumbags. We're not going to fall, man. America's Republic. Oh, no, this is good stuff. Hey, we're not going to fall. So if you're hearing all of this random yelling, uh, that is the shaman invoking spirits. So that's the that's what all that is. The shaman was doing some form of a ceremony in the upper part of the Senate chamber while all of this was happening. Um, and so the yes, my team, my team is emailing. The shaman is chanting in the background. That is correct. The shaman is there was a real eclectic group of people just in the Senate chamber. Right. And so uh, we have to we have to. Remember that this was a very unusual event in more ways than one. Shake off your winter hibernation with 25% off a FitBod membership now through the 28th of February. Whether you're looking to ease into exercising or you're ready to ramp things up, FitBod creates a truly personalized fitness program that's continually adapting to you. Get a stronger start to the year with 25% off a FitBod membership now through February 28th, the end of February. FitBod takes the intimidation and guesswork out of finding what works for you by learning your abilities and building a dynamic program that adjusts as you go. FitBod understands that the path to achieving your best looks different for everyone. FitBod creates a program based on your unique body, experience, and environment. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to help build on your last workout to maximize your results. No equipment, no worries. FitBod has bodyweight routines for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. Sign up right now through the end of February and you'll get 25% off your membership. Get your body out of hibernation and start off the year stronger than ever with FitBod. Get 25% off a membership when you sign now through the 28th of February, fitbod.me slash Kirk. That's 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash Kirk. I want to get to a phenomenal piece here in the New York Post. By Miranda Devine, you might see her on Tucker Carlson every so often. She's super thoughtful and really, really talented writer. She is kind of the new Peggy Noonan ever since Peggy Noonan has just become unreadable lately. Uh, Miranda Devine is very, very thoughtful. Okay, so Miranda Devine in the New York Post says, Why Democrats demonize good Republicans too? Quote, There's a reason why blameless Republicans and Trump voters are being tarred with the same brush as the Capitol rioters. It's not enough just to arrest and prosecute actual lawbreakers who smashed their way into the Capitol. No, anyone who supported the president, voted for him, or worked for his administration now has to be hunted down and purged. It's true. They're losing their jobs, having their insurance canceled, their book contracts, like Senator Josh Hawley, and recording deals torn up. They're being banned from flying or banking or even speaking on social media. A petition at Harvard University even demands Trump staffers have their degrees revoked A feverish mood is afoot, evoking the spirit of McCarthyism in the Salem witch trials in which irrationality and hysteria point fingers at the innocent. But it's not just an emotional overreaction to the frightening events on January the 6th. It's a deliberate tactic. Bingo. 
designed to intimidate conservatives and silence their protests when the Biden administration radically remakes the country as it has promised to do from day one. Democrats and their allies in corporate America are preemptively taking out the opposition because they know their prescriptions don't work and are opposed by a majority of Americans, Miranda Devine says. Dismantling border protection is exactly the worst thing to do at a time when our health system is hard-pressed in coping with the Chinese coronavirus and our economy is weak, but they're planning to do that anyway. Continues by saying later in here in the article that the aim is to dehumanize conservatives so any cruelty can be inflicted on them and they are powerless to resist. Now, what Miranda Devine perfectly identifies is the narrative surrounding the events on January the 6th. Who is involved, the motivations, the pre-planning? Are they actually Trump supporters or are they fringe people that infiltrate and they call themselves Trump supporters? Are these mainstream Trump people or do they get caught up in it? Who was there? What was behind it? That's so critically important. And the more footage that we're able to review, the more stories we're able to hear, the more information that is being brought to light, the better. Because... This narrative is now going to be the predominant Democrat tool to push forward their agenda starting Wednesday. The narrative is that our policies might be terrible, unpopular, and bad for the country, but the other side tried to burn down the Capitol building and you should be scared of them. Even the good Republicans, they want to do that. The people that had nothing to do with it. And so... This narrative is incredibly important to push back against, at least to demand some nuance in the reporting of it. And it's also not inconsequential politically. They impeached President Trump in less than eight hours over this narrative. They took President Trump off Twitter because of this narrative. And so the the future of our politics and our country, at least the short-term future, will be our ability to clarify and calm down the temperature, calm down the tensions, I should say, bring down the temperature and say, hold on a second, who is actually involved here? You know what? Let's go to cut 11. This one you might enjoy, Isabel. This is Alex Stamos, who's a former security officer at Facebook is saying that, you know who the real problem is? The real problem are those conservative influencers. That's the problem. Not the cartel, not Antifa, not ISIS. It's those conservative influencers. Those, that's the real problem in our country. And he says, and he's right, I, it's amazing it took them this long to realize it, that those of us that are conservative influencers, I guess that's what we are. I don't know. I've never called myself one, but that's what they call us. We have bigger influence than CNN, as he says it's on CNN. Play tape. And second, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN, and they are extremely radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Nothing good ever happens after 
They have freedom of speech, but, but like that's, that's never a good sentence. Just a good rule of thumb, right? Absolutely. And again, you said it perfectly, Charlie. We've been saying for years around here at yeah. Turning Point USA that the most successful people in the conservative movement have followings that dwarf that combined right. of people like CNN, MSNBC, and these large entities that are spewing leftist propaganda on airwaves all day long. All of a sudden, this is somehow a threat to these individuals right. because they can't control the narrative when it's not a competitor in the space. And even then, sometimes they can't control the narrative. We're having legitimate freedom of speech right now, us just hanging out here on the radio, doing live streams on YouTube, and connecting with people in a much more direct level than you can on cable networks. Well, and so Alex Stamos here, again, remember, this is now the new way this works, which is why we're spending so much time. And it's also just the right thing to do to go pursue truth always. The narrative, which has gone unquestioned in the media, is now then being used as a reason to suppress freedom of speech to kick off social media accounts, expand the security state, and put forward an entire agenda. So then all of a sudden, if the narrative gets a little bit compromised, still with denunciation and repudiation, but maybe it's not really what you say it is. Maybe there's a lot. There's other actors. There were intentional agitators. And all of a sudden, there were people that had this pre-planned beforehand that have no ideological preference whatsoever that were wearing Trump gear as camouflage, as John Sullivan has said. He said it himself. I'm not saying anything he hasn't said. Then all of a sudden, this narrative starts to fall apart. And with it, their massive assault right now on our first freedoms. And so that's why this is so incredibly important. But Alex Stamos here, again, it's just such a stunning piece of television. He says that people have massive YouTube channels that, um, yeah, guilty, that are, and he would say expressing radical opinions. What what that actually means, I don't know. Um, He didn't give any specifics. Uh, YouTube has already cleansed the landscape pretty amazingly. So the fact he's still saying this is pretty remarkable. But of course, shows like ours would be on that list. Oh, of course they were. They would be. And they probably are on these lists at the moment. I would not be surprised in the slightest if databases like we saw with calls for the Trump Accountability Project from AOC a few months ago were starting to be compiled about successful individuals who they call conservative influencers, whatever they want to define that to be questioning this narrative and getting truth out there. And as you said, going after this pursuit of objective truth, that doesn't have to happen on a cable network show. That doesn't have to happen from the United States Congress forever in human history. That's been able to happen from any courageous individual. But now all of a sudden, the platform for doing so may be taken away because of the success of that momentum. And, And look, this all ties in as well with Ben Shapiro's backlash with writing in Political Playbook last week. Uh, This is all a act of purging, right? And so you're going to hear a lot about unity the next couple days. You know what the Democrat definition of unity is, Isabel? Get in line or else, agree with us or else. (laughs) The absence of opposition. Yeah. It's the Soviet definition of unity. It's not actually bringing people together. It's It's obliterating the people that disagree with you. That's their definition of unity. And so Alex Stamos here, former security officer at Facebook, he's now advocating and arguing on CNN. Oh, yeah, yeah, freedom of speech. But like these big private companies that are carrying these channels, we got to go after them. And so CNN is now going to go on a campaign to go after One American News Network and Newsmax to try to kick them off cable providers uh, and try to kick them off the, the current service providers. And could you imagine if conservatives... <laughs> tried to organize ourselves to kick CNN off of cable providers. Now, we wouldn't do that. You know why? 
It's because we actually care about principle more than we care about politics. That's what makes conservatives different. They care more about power and politics than principle. So for them, oh yeah, freedom of speech, I guess that's a thing, but they're really bad people. Let's crush them because they're a threat to our power. Well, and it, it highlights the idea that we can accept difference of opinion. I've never been upset when someone disagrees mm-hmm. with me politically or otherwise, but I think it's a unique starting point to have a crucial conversation about what our differences are and what we have in common, which is much more important. We see a lot of that on college campuses, Charlie, when we go speak to our chapters, that there's such intolerance from the left for us being there. But we usually invite those people to come to That's the front exactly of the right. line during Q&A. We encourage Always. debate and dissent and discussion. But now all of a sudden the left says there's absolutely no room for that in this unified America that we're trying to create. Uh, We got a good email here from Faith. Hey, Charlie, just read this one. I know if it's true or not. What does this mean and what will happen? Uh, It is a post from Parler, which looks like Trump is posting it, but Trump is not on Parler. Okay. So anything you see on Trump with Parler, it's not him. Uh, It's an imposter. It says, quote, I have invoked the Insurrection Act 1807. No, he didn't. To address the treasonous rebellion conducted by the Democrat and Republican lawmakers, CCP agents, the FBI, DOJ, CIA, and others undermine, corrode, and dismantle the United States of America and its constitution. These entities pose a direct threat to national security. I'll remain president indefinitely until all domestic enemies are arrested. Nothing in that sentence is true. It is a lying disinformation campaign that has been written by someone that is trying to deceive you. Um, and it's at Team Trump News on Parler, but that is not an official account. It's not even a verified account on Parler, and so that is just completely and totally made up. So please don't believe that stuff. And thank you for asking, though, Faith. I'd love to send you a copy of the MAGA Doctrine and also get involved with Turning Point USA because I can see that you're in college. You have a .edu address. I won't say what college because I don't want your life to be ruined, Uh, but uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'd love to get you involved with Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Let's go here. Let's go to um, here. Uh, this person emailed us. I believe this is happening. Quote, military takedowns and arrests begin this weekend. No, they're not. Okay. I don't even have to read the rest of this email. None of this stuff is true. Okay. Just letting you know, all of this is written to deceive you. And so um, I'm sorry. Uh, none of this is happening. And yeah. Okay. So, and by the way, we're getting hundreds of emails like this of people that are asking. And by the way, feel free to always ask information. I will tell you, you know, on air or off air, I'll email you guys um, what from everything, everybody we're talking to. Um, you have someone here that has pretty good sources, someone who you worked in the White House. As well. I did as an yeah. intern in 2018. Yeah. So, so lots you, of friends still work yeah. in there. So um, as some people say, I guess we'll see what happens. Okay, let's go to some, uh, let's go to a clip here. Uh, Joe Biden has a wonderful idea that he thinks that men should be able to be in prisons with women. What could possibly go wrong? Let's go to cut 10. So many of them. And so, yes. And by the way, in prison, in prison, the determination should be that your sexual identity is defined by what you say it is, not what, in fact, the prison says it is. And in that case, you should be entitled also to OGBYN. Anyway, uh, you didn't ask that question, but you're not likely to either, I guess. I I can't believe I haven't seen this footage before. It looks like this was back when he was in Iowa. This is not anything that came out new, but he says that it doesn't matter what you know, your biology is. It doesn't matter your chromosomes. If you're a man who says you're a woman, of course you should be able to go to a female prison. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be taking him up on that offer. Um, happening right now, a caravan is coming on their way to America uh, with the impending um, presidency of Joe Biden coming. Uh, 
there is a lot of people coming to America illegally, as Joe Biden promises, a massive amnesty plan for tens of millions of people in our country. So let's go to cut nine. Uh, This is a video of the caravan uh, coming to America, uh, and they break through a line of officers. Play tape. So that will be coming to America very soon, unless those guards who it seem like they're doing a very good job. I don't know what country that's in. And I don't know what that is. But um, if that is a caravan, which is what it looks like, they deserve to be applauded for that. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. Uh, I have a very important podcast out that I did yesterday. It was a speech I gave uh, that I encourage all of you to listen to. Uh, there's a lot of unexpected blessings in this moment. Uh, there's a lot that's really quite honestly positive that we can look at and that we can grow from. The Democrats will screw all of this up, everybody. The Democrats are going to go through a period of time where they are going to fight over the current feast in front of them, and the people are going to want us back in charge. The question is, are we going to be prepared? Are we going to change the way that we do elections in Georgia and Arizona? Are we going to run better candidates, and are we going to take more principled stands? Isabel? We have to be positive. We have to be positive. And you said it best a few days ago. Tomorrow, we're going to show up to work. That's we're going right. to keep doing everything we're going to do and keep fighting for the things that we believe in. Because if we don't, no one else will. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you want to support us, go to charliekirk.com slash support. And I encourage you, as always, to get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless.